0: Welcome back to After the Brother Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright guys, welcome back for another episode. I do deeply apologize for not making an episode in the past 20 days in one of the more busy times of sports in the year. There's so much that I missed. I didn't mean to take this long of a break. I, I did need a little bit of a break, but... That was my bad. Hopefully, you can get back on track here. But in today's episode, I'm just going to re- be reviewing everything that has happened in the NFL season so far. Uh, NFL playoffs. Not, see- not season. The playoffs. Because I have not done an episode since the playoffs started, believe it or not. Uh, so, I'm going to get to a card weekend, divisional, uh, the divisional round, and the conference championship. Uh, that's what I'm getting to today. Nothing else. I do hope I can uh, get an episode out within the next couple of days and get back on track so I can kind of catch up. We're doing a little bit of catch up here, and I'm not going to try to reach too far back because you guys know, you know, most about what's going on in the NMLB right now and stuff. You know, the big story, and that's kind of getting old. Everyone kind of is caught on, but I do want to catch up on some of the stuff. But today, I just want to get talking about the NFL playoffs. I want to get all that out of the way, and then we can start off with a fresh slate of newer news next episode. Uh, but now we're going to start with uh, Wild Card Weekend, so let's we'll get to that. Yep. Yeah. As you heard in the intro, I was over four on my picks on Wildcard wild card weekend. Uh, It's kind of... No, it's bad. (laughs) Not even kind of. Uh, I was confident that the Patriots were going to win. I'm a Patriots fan, so that also led to some bias. I was very confident in the Saints. I went a little bold with the Eagles. And the Bills and Texans I was actually on the fence with. And I went out with the Bills, of course. But towards game time, I started going, eh, maybe I should have picked the Texans. And then the Bills got off to a hot start and the Texans turned around. That's the game we're going to start with, actually. Now, I'm not going to dive as deep in maybe as I would if this were a day or two after Wild Card Weekend. Because you all have your minds on divisional, uh, the divisional round heading into the AFC Championship or NFC Champ- the championship round the conference championship round, and you're looking back on the divisional round. You forgot about wild card round, but I want to get to it because it's significant and it was a very good wild card weekend. It was really, I graded it as an A. It was very good. It was one of the better wild card weekends we've had in years. And it started off with an overtime game between the Houston Texans and the Buffalo Bills. Now, takeaways for the Buffalo Bills here are they have a bright future. I The Bills fan base is the best in the NFL. And I actually heard, you know, it's hard to say one fan can represent a whole fan base because it really can't. But this guy that I heard on the radio was a day after the Bills lost. He is just a great replica of not all Bills fans, but a majority of them. They're so good. Most fan bases would be, you know, mad if their team lost in the playoffs. The Bills lost. In a game where they had a lot of opportunities to win, they blew a lead, and this guy stayed calm, and he just said this. He said, you know, I'm proud of the team. We've had a good season. You know, we're a young team. We've got a bright future. We've got a lot of cap space. I think we can spend it correctly. I didn't hear a negative thing come out of him, and I'm not saying that's a great thing personally for me. I think I'm kind of both ways. You know, I I can be negative, I can be positive, depends on the situation. This guy after his team just lost in the wild card weekend, had multiple opportunities to win, made some mistakes, was silly like, you know what, I'm just gonna take the positive out of this. That is Bills fans. Bills fans are amazing. And I'm a Patriots fan saying that, you know, we're in the same division. And you know, I don't read the Bills, the Buffalo Bills fan base. If you are a Buffalo Bills fan, you were part of that fan base. Not saying everybody is like that guy, but you guys have a great fan base going, and that's one, like, if I were introducing a fan, like, if someone's trying to get into the NFL, what team do you want to root for? I'd bring up the Bills as an option just because of how good that fan base is, uh, and they've got, you know, decent thing going there where, you know, they've got that bright future. When I look at the Bills, though, Josh Allen, to me, I have so many mixed emotions about this guy. Uh, I really like him and I don't at the same time. I hate his accuracy. His accuracy is bad. It really is. And the thing about it is it's hard to change accuracy. If they come out of college and into the pros with poor accuracy, that's tough to change. It's kind of either you got it or you don't. Josh Allen doesn't. And the best of the best have that deadly accuracy. 99% of the time, he doesn't. He made some really good throws in this game and some really poor throws in this game. And Josh Allen's got a lot of potential because he's got a cannon for an arm. He's got great athleticism. And when he makes a good throw, it, you know, some of those throws on the run that he makes too, only few quarterbacks can do. But at the same time, the positives and the negatives kind of balance each other out. Some of those positives, along with his age, and just some of the potential that guy has. He's a franchise quarterback because of all those amazing positives that he has. But the negatives are some of these bonehead decisions that he makes. Like, who? He's about to get tackled. He just throws them all behind him. He, like, panicked. And some of those bad throws that he made. He can make some incredible throws and some incredibly bad throws. And the Buffalo Bills, I do think, need to get them better weapons. I do think they need to beef up that O-line just a little bit. And they've got a lot of cap space. And... I really just think all this Buffalo Bills team needs to do is spend a little bit of it, uh, bolster up the weapons in the offensive line and just let the team grow. They've got the coach. They've got the defense and they've got the quarterback. Just as long as you keep letting them mature and they've just got to upgrade the weapons and they've got to beef up that offensive line. They've got so much cap space to do it too. And they've got time to do it. And they've got a good fan base. Just going to give them the time to do it. And, Things look bright in Buffalo, I'll tell you. I could rave about them all day. Uh, but anyway, Josh Allen didn't even throw a touchdown in this game. He's 24 for 46. Just over 50% for 264 yards. No touchdown and no picks. And John Brown had the touchdown pass. Josh Allen also had nine carries for 92 yards. That's the thing. The guy can run the ball, too. But for the Texans, I give them a lot of credit. Uh, the first half, they just were out of it. They were not on their game. They almost let up that stupid touchdown, uh, touchdown where... The guy got the ball, clearly waved that he was going for the fair catch, and then just kind of threw the foot. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, I don't need to go over this too much. Deshaun Watson played a pretty good game in the second half, uh, really picked up the pace. I give the Texans credit in this game. I did pick the Bills, but the Bills were cold coming into this game. Uh, The Texans were hot. After that first half, they showed resilience, fought back in the game, and ended up winning. That was a good game. Titans versus Patriots. Now, I'm a Patriots fan, and... I really wish I could have done a podcast minutes after that Patriots loss because it would have been one of my best podcasts of all time because you all love ranting, right? No one likes me to just sit out here and spit facts and praise these other teams. No, 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 no. That's not what it's about. And I'm going to try my best to rant on the Patriots, but it's tough because I've had nine days to sit on it and talk about it, and it's it's just not going to be as juicy, and that's why I really do wish I could have got one out the day after. Or even minutes after would have been great. It just wasn't really realistic. But um, I thought the Patriots were really going to win this game. Like, they're, they're not going to lose to the Titans in the wild card round. People are overreacting. And I do think the Titans caught fire at a very good time. But, man, the Patriots are in some trouble. Okay? You lost 20-13 to 13 to the Tennessee Titans. And the thing is that also hurts my thing is the Titans just beat the Ravens. So clearly they're a better team than some of us thought. But the Patriots could not stop Derrick Henry. He had 34 carries for 182 yards and a touchdown. They went to that Super Bowl defense. It didn't work. I give Mike Rabel, Rabel credit, though, because he did a very good job defensively and offensively. Oh, sorry, that was a voice crack. Everyone knows the Titans' offensive game plan. It is feed Derrick Henry the ball to wear down the defense and open up the play action and the passing game. That's really all it is. And this Titans team has done that time and time again. Tannehill only had to throw the ball 15 times. He didn't even pass for 100 yards. Marcus Mariota came in for one play, completed a four-yard pass. They had 76 total passing yards. Oh, that's great. Their passing defense was good. They only threw it 16 times. Their passing game was not relevant at all. They turned the ball over once and they threw a touchdown. It was their running attack that killed them, the Patriots. And the Titans scored 20 points, not all of them from their offense. Logan Ryan had the pick six. The Patriots' defense did all right. Okay? They forced the interception. And not only that, but they only allowed this Titans team to score what? Uh, 14 points on offense. So the Patriots defense did not necessarily do a bad job. I thought this was a close game. I don't think the Titans played that great. I just think the Patriots played a little worse. I really do. And I I, I, not necessarily like that. I do think, you know, they played a good game from, you know, Derrick Henry had a good game. uh, And they did play a decent defensive game. But seriously, he didn't even pass for 100 yards. But they didn't have to. They really didn't. And when they went to pass the ball, like you saw Daron Harmon had that pick. Uh, the second they go to pass the ball, you know, Ryan Tannehill kind of throws up this bad pass, panics what seems like he panics a little bit, and they didn't have to pass the ball. And if they did, it just wasn't working. The Patriots so had to stop Derrick Henry and force them to pass the ball because they couldn't pass on the Patriots. All they could do was run, and they were running it successfully, unfortunately. So Derrick Henry was really the reason they won that game. I do give credit to things like their defense, like, them. There are so many little things that killed the Patriots in this game that agonize me so bad. And the thing is, too, because I'm kind of on the two sides. I'm going to rip on my sports team if they make mistakes, they lose when they really should have won. Or they just lose in general. There's always reasons. You don't lose because you played a flawless game, but they played more of a flawless game. No, no, no. Every team makes mistakes. If you lose, there's a reason. And sometimes people say, Yeah, the refs. I just lost a basketball game the other day because the refs were horrible. But at the same time, there were you know shots that maybe our team could have made and other little things. There's a ton of factors. You didn't just lose because of the refs, and there's things like that. And the Patriots really didn't. There were multiple, you know, mistakes that they made too. And you know, not knacking the game that the Titans made by any means, but the Patriots did make a lot of mistakes. Julian Edel- Edelman has that drop. First and goal on the one yard line. They run it three times to Sony Michelle. After the first time, they should have considered passing it. After the second time, they definitely should have gone play action on that third and goal. But I do give the Titans credit for stunting them there. You had the. Um, it was Shaq Mason. I think it was Shaq Mason. Or Marcus Cannon, but I think it was Shaq Mason. He had that big penalty. Uh, on that big chunk plays, like one of their bigger plays of the game, and he gets a penalty on it. Uh, and there were some plays where like, Sony Michelle goes for a run, and instead of going and running and getting that extra yard or two, he just steps out of bounds. Julian Edelman did the same thing once. I know he's banged up, but, geez, Louise, there was just a lot of things in this game. And I'm not going into full detail because I know everyone knows what I'm talking about, but, boy, I w- this would have made for such a good rant. Uh, and and i written an article on it, and it just, oh, But it's it's just, it's kind of worn off on me. Like I've kind of grown into it. It's been nine days now. So that's kind of unfortunate. Then, Vikings versus Saints were treated with another overtime game. I'm just in shock, okay? I wasn't shocked the Titans won, but that was a good, Texas won, but that was a good comeback. I was pretty shocked that the Titans won. This one was shocking as well. Now, I don't think anybody's a lock ever, any week. But if there was a lock on wildcard weekend, I said it was this game. And the Vikings actually won. My friend Noah, he's been on the podcast a couple times. You may remember him. It's been a little bit since he's been on. Um, But he's a Vikings fan. He lives in New England with me, but his dad's from Minnesota. Whatever. He's just a Vikings fan. And going into this game, I actually was with him the day before. Yeah, the day before this game actually happened. And he told me, I said, all right, what do you think about the Vikings-Saints game tomorrow? And he just told me, well, I'm picking the Vikings, so I'm a Vikings fan, but really, I doubt they're going to win. And I just laughed. I said, yeah, same. I, I picked the Saints. He said, yeah, I, I picked the Vikings, but if I have to bet anything on it, I would bet towards the Saints. But I'm just going to pick the Vikings because, you know, I'm a Vikings fan. I did pick against the Patriots a couple times this year. Every time I was wrong. Uh, I'll do it every once in a while, but really deep down, I'm like, I can never get myself 100% to buy into this Patriots team actually losing. It's just tough for me to do. You know, it, you know how it is, unless you know, you're know you like a, I don't know, a Cardinals fan, you know, when they were going up against the four, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like a really bad team, like the 2017 Browns, you're a fan of that team, like there were weeks where you're like, yeah, there's no way we're going to win anyway. You know you're a Vikings fan, you're a Patriots fan, like you know your team's got a chance. So when it's that type of uh, circumstance, it's tough to pick against them. But he was just like, yeah, I mean I'm gonna pick them, but I do highly doubt they win. They ended up pulling that thing out. The New Orleans Saints, man, they, oh, they just annoyed me because they were my Super Bowl pick and they lost in Wild Card Weekend. First of all, I think the Saints played a good enough season that they shouldn't have been playing on Wild Card Weekend in the first place. You go 13 and three in that NFC. You deserve a wild card. Uh, you deserve a buy. I personally thought they played a better season than the Packers, but the Packers, during the NFC Championship. Saints are sitting at home right now, so maybe I was wrong about <laughs> that one. But the Saints have all the talent in the world. They've got the coach. They've got the quarterback. They've got the supporting cast around the quarterback. They've got all you know the weapons, the offensive line. They've got the defense. They've got it all. I don't know where you can mess up, but they choke. <laughs> they choke every single time. I don't know what that was. Sometimes, you know, it's a bad call by the ref. That happened last year. Sometimes you got the Minnesota Miracle. And sometimes, like it does this year, was all their fault. Last year, they could blame it on the no pass interference call. The year before that, you know, it's a fluke play, okay? And, you know, that was partially on them and whatnot. But this year was all them. There was no there was no pass interference, offensive pass interference on that play. Minnesota sports fans, no better. and Not Minnesota. New Orleans sports fans, no better. That little tiny shove-off, no way. If you're going around complaining about that call, you're just soft and salty. I don't want to hear it because that that's just too soft, especially in the playoffs, especially in overtime. They're going to let them play. That's ridiculous. Come on. No, I don't even want to hear the offensive pass interference excuse. The Saints didn't play good enough. The Vikings were there to play. They showed up. They played well. Dalvin Cook had a pretty dang good game, 28 carries for 94 yards, two touchdowns. I thought they did a decent job of stopping him, but it obviously wasn't good enough because Dalvin Cook still ran the ball 28 times. So uh, Mike Zimmer and the Saints still felt like you know they they uh, were able to run the football that many times. It's clear, you know, like the 49ers really stopped Dalvin Cook. The Saints slowed them down, but not enough to the point where the Vikings stopped running them the ball. And I think they did a decent job, of it. I'm not saying the Saints played a horrible game. Their offense—you know, their defense was decent. Their offense had to play better in this. And overall, they played a decent game, but it clearly wasn't good enough. And this was like, for me, the Saints, this is your last chance. They blew it, and I'm not putting any faith in them come playoff time. They're a great team in the regular season. They've gone 13-3 two years in a row. The year before that, they were 11-5. They can never show up in the playoffs. And I know last year they played pretty well in the playoffs, got chipped by the rest, And that's why this year I was like, okay, their team's just about as good this year. They proved last year they can play in the playoffs. But then it's it's like weird. Now they don't show up this year. It's like they can never get it done in the playoffs, and I'm done showing faith in this team. But last year, since they really probably should have made it to the Super Bowl and who knows what, what what would have happened there, I was just like, I think I can put faith in them this year. And I, clearly, I was wrong. And the Saints, man, I love their roster. I do. It's full of talents. Like, if I could pick the most talented roster in the league, just most, maybe not most talented, but most well-rounded, There's it's hard to find a hole. I mean, injuries, they kind of chip them this year, too. But, like, I mean, outside of maybe getting a better number, too wide out, and maybe bulking up that offensive line a little bit, and maybe just little things here and there. Really, they've got basically what seems like a flawless roster um, considering cap space and everything like that, but they still could not find a way to beat the Minnesota Vikings. And then the Seahawks versus the Eagles. Once the Saints lost, I knew the Eagles were losing because I knew it was going to be like, all right, I'm not going to get one of these picks right. Because really, out of all these teams that I picked, I knew the Eagles had the worst shot. And... Really coming up to game time, once all my picks were wrong, I knew the Eagles were just going to lose. Going into the week, I thought the Eagles could win. Remember, my reasoning was, listen, when the Eagles last lost to the Seahawks, the score was 17-9. That was in the middle of an Eagles losing streak and the Seahawks winning streak. Now coming into this game, the Seahawks have been slowing down and the Philadelphia Eagles are in the middle of a four-game winning streak. The tables have turned, so I and the Philadelphia Eagles are at home. They might have been at home that game, too. I do kind of forget. I think they were, but still, I thought the Eagles, you know what? The last time, they still came close to the Seahawks. They were in the middle of a bad stretch. The Seahawks were in a good one. This time, the tables have turned. The Eagles will win this game, and they always seem to find a way in the playoffs, and don't get me wrong. They were close, but still, same result. The defense plays well. The offense can't show up. The Seahawks have been able to really figure out that uh, Eagles offense. And Russell Wilson did throw for a lot of yards. He had a decent game. I mean, he only threw one touchdown. Marshawn Lynch, they they stopped the run game. I'll give you that. Uh, 1.1 yards uh, for Travis Homer on 11 carries. Uh, 1.1 yards an average. And Marshawn Lynch averaged 1.2. Six carries for seven yards. And he had the touchdown. But really, the Eagles defense stopped their run game. I wouldn't say they necessarily really stopped the pass game, but they did a decent job there. But I know Carson Wentz get hurt. I know that. You know, he went one for four for three yards, and then Josh McCown came in and and took over. But we could sit here and say maybe if Carson Wentz doesn't get hurt, the Eagles win that game. I do think that's a a fair thing to say. I really do. Uh, And Miles Sanders still had a good game and whatnot. Uh, But I do think if Carson Wentz doesn't get hurt, the Eagles might be able to pull that one out. But it was a depressing week for me Wild Card Weekend. Uh, my New England Patriots went home. My Super Bowl pick went home. And I was over for 4 in the week. Yeah, it was not good. But the divisional round, although the games were not as good in my opinion as the Wild Card round, I did go 3-for-1 with my picks. I'm being honest with you guys. I know I didn't get to announce it on air. The only game I got wrong was the Titans and Ravens. Now you're probably sitting here saying, Aiden, I feel like this is all scripted. You're saying... You know, oh, well, you didn't tell us, so maybe you're just lying and saying you went 3-1, that's a decent score. Obviously, you'd probably be lying if you told us you picked the Titans to win. So, no, I'm being dead serious. I picked the 49ers, the Ravens, which was wrong. I picked the Chiefs, and I picked the Packers. You could ask people I know. Those were my picks. I discussed them all week. I was getting hype for these games. 49ers versus Vikings. It was a good start to the game, but then the 49ers ran away with it. Uh, At the beginning of this game, the 49ers look dominant. First drive, uh, the Vikings start with the ball. They get absolutely shut down. Then the 49ers get the ball. Jimmy G's making great passes. They're running the ball really well. Kendrick Bourne touchdown. I'm like, okay, this is going to be – yeah, the 49ers, I feel good about this pick. Then they go on a second and eight. That pass interference kind of changed the momentum of the game. And it automatic first down for the Vikings. They, you know, Adam Thielen gets a nice catch. Stephon Diggs gets the catch for a touchdown. Now all of a sudden I feel like that one pass interference call changed the tide of the game. Because the 49ers were up seven to nothing with all the momentum in that game. Second and eight, if you didn't pass interfere, it would have been third and eight. And you probably would have got the stop because the Vikings had no momentum at the time, couldn't get anything going offensively. But they gave the uh, Vikings a little life, a little momentum. They capitalized. Now, all of a sudden, we got ourselves the ball game. And that first half was a good one. Not going to lie at all. It was a very good first half. Uh, The 49ers did a phenomenal job against Dalvin Cook nine carries for 18 yards. Dalvin Cook is the heart and soul of that offense. He's the motor, he's what gets them going. Uh, he produces a ton of their yards on offense. He opens up the pass game for Kirk Cousins and takes a little pressure off of him as well. And it opens up the play-action game. I mean, we talk about that with uh, the uh, the Titans, but it's pretty similar with the uh, Vikings as well. Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry are two big backs that can wear your defense out and kind of open up that play-action game for their quarterbacks that are somewhat mediocre, I'd say. Uh, Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill... Uh, skill wise they're kind of similar. Ryan Tannehill with the Titans. I take Kirk Cousins is just a little better. Plus you add the weapons he has. Uh, I trust that Vikings passing any more than the Titans, but still um I mean just that second half though I will say they ran away with it. I give the 49ers a ton of credit that Dean Line is incredible. They stuffed Alvin Cook and it put pressure on Kirk Cousins. And not saying he did a horrible job. 21 for 29, 172 passing yards, touchdown, interceptions, okay. But it's not really good enough, especially when your running back can't get anything going. And 10 points is not going to get you anywhere in this league unless you have an incredible defense they're not facing a very good offense, which odds are thats it's going to be tough to win with 10 points. It's uh, – voice cracked again. It's going to be tough to win with 10 points in the NFL playoffs. It's going to be tough, nearly impossible. Uh, Jimmy G really did not impress me at all. He was on 11-for-19, 131 passing yards, a touchdown and interception. The run game carried him. It really did. He was decent on that first drive, but after that, he was kind of non-existent. nonexistent. He, he made his impressive passes, got his touchdown throw, racked up most of his yards on that first drive. Then after that, all he really did was just stand there, take the snap, and hand the ball off, and then he threw one pick. Really, that's all he did. Uh, and besides that first drive, I really don't think they gave him much of an opportunity either. But the run game clearly worked for him. Tevin Coleman had a big game. Mostert wasn't bad either. They've just got so many running backs, it's tough. Who do you game plan for? And they used all three this game. Mostly Mostert and especially Coleman. You were really going see a whole lot of breeding. He had eight carries, 17 yards. Uh, but Debo Samuel had a great game, in my opinion. He had the... End around for six yards, he had three catches, 42 yards. Not really a great game, but in the opportunities he got, he definitely pressed me. Bourne wasn't bad either. Sanders really only had that first drive. All his catches came on that first drive. And then George Kittle, they tried getting him going, really wasn't a whole lot there for him, though. Uh, but that pass rush, too. I mean, not only did stopped stop the run, six sacks on Kirk Cousins. I know two of them came in that last drive where – you know, it didn't matter anymore because they were up by multiple scores. But still, they were pressuring Kirk Cousins all day. So not only were they stopping Dalvin Cook, but they were putting pressure on Kirk Cousins. And that defense, I mean, Robert Sala is an incredible job. That man deserves an award. And honestly, if I'm looking for a head coach, I consider Sala. The only thing is you have to consider offense. Do you have that young quarterback that needs a head coach to help him develop? Because Saul's a defensive guy, and I don't know how he does as a head coach. I don't know if he can handle all of that. All I know is he could be a great defensive coordinator, but I want to see him do it again a second year, and I want to see him do it with a defense with not as much talent because this defense got a lot of talent, especially on that D-line. They've got a lot of talent and depth, and that's what makes them so good. Um, And the 49ers, I'm not shocked that they won by any means, but it was definitely an impressive win. The Titans beat the Ravens. Wow. This was the shocker. Uh, the Titans had a great um, playoff run so far. They had a great one against the Patriots, but this really started the Cinderella run. I, no one expected them to beat the Ravens. A lot of people actually picked them against the Patriots. Nobody in their right minds picked them to beat the Ravens. Not even me. Not even your boy. No one picked them. And my dad actually said the Ravens would lose their first playoff game, but after the he found out they were facing the Titans, he, I don't know how confident he was in that pick anymore, but he still uh, stood by it proud once he found out they lost. So, again, the Titans don't pass. 7 for 14 was Ryan Tannehill for 88 yards and two touchdowns. Not one so far in the playoffs has he thrown the ball more than 15 times, had more 10 or more completions, And had more than 100 passing yards. He hasn't had to do anything. It's like Jimmy Garoppolo. All he has to do is take the snap and hand it off to his running back. Derrick Henry had 30 carries for 195 yards. Didn't score a touchdown, though. Ryan Tannehill got all the credit on, really, the big touchdown. You know, two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. He got the credit there. I mean, Derrick Henry did throw the touchdown, did throw one of their four touchdowns, but the other three are accredited to Ryan Tannehill when Derrick Henry really did all the work. I mean, really, he did. He got them down there, and then Ryan Tannehill got to finish it off. It was kind of dumb. But really what deserves credit here is the Titans' defense. To allow 12 points to the Ravens is nearly impossible. And that's nothing away from their offense, taken away from their offense. But their defense set them up in good positions, gave them that comfortable cushion. Their offense still played well. 28 points against that Ravens defense, still pretty good. But the defense was the key, in my opinion. You stopped Lamar Jackson. Again, you gave your defense good field position. You gave them that cushion that was needed. And their game plan was great. They figured out how to stop Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. But I do think the Ravens went a a bit out of their identity. Uh, They threw... 59 times. This is a running team. The Ravens run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. That's how your offense is set up to go. And Lamar Jackson still ran the ball 20 times, but he threw 59 as well. And they got the ball a lot, but they only ran it outside of Lamar Jackson nine times. I want to see more Mark Ingram. I want to see more Gus Edwards, especially after that first run Gus Edwards had. I know three yards for 20 carries. He probably had 18 on his first run. But I want to see more from those running backs. It keeps things more diverse. That They usually have nine carries after the first quarter or the first half, something like that for, to their running back. They went out of their identity a little bit, and you can't do that, especially in the playoffs. Stick to your identity, especially when it's worked better than probably any other offense in the league. More Mark Ingram, more Gus Edwards, less Lamar Jackson throwing the ball because if you didn't check, he had one touchdown and two picks. 31 for 59. 365 yards passing is great, but when you have 59 passing attempts, that doesn't impress me at all. The two interceptions was probably going to come. And they just use Lamar Jackson a ton. And this is also why he's going to get hurt. Not only can someone not keep that physical, uh, you know, keep those physical abilities for that long, but they also, sorry. As you heard, some of this words were recorded, you know, a week or two ago. So that was the point where I stopped. So kind of got to pick up where I left off on this uh, Ravens versus Titans game. And really, as I was saying, I, I went in depth with the Titans really just to wrap this up here. Lamar Jackson, again, they went out of their identity. And Lamar Jackson, as I was saying about his physical ability, like, he can't, you know, only a guy can really run the way he does and play the way he does for a few years, really. I mean, you can only keep that physical – or I mean, he's really at his physical peak right now. I can't really see it getting much better. Not only that, but injuries. They let this guy run, you know. I've said this time and time again. Like, they – no walkers. He just runs and jukes all these guys out. One of these times, big line factor is going to come in and pop his knee or something like that. Uh, and it just – it's – the Ravens blew an opportunity because I don't know if Lamar Jackson. You really, this is a small window, if you ask me. And I don't, you know, same thing with Cam Newton, except Cam not even to this extreme. Cam Newton was a guy who really relied on his athletic ability and his running ability. And Cam Newton's definitely a better passer and doesn't scramble twenty four seven like Lamar Jackson does, but he definitely relied on that athletic ability, and he scrambled a lot. Look where he is now. He's constantly hurt, and he's nowhere close to an MVP-type player as he was now. You know, If anything, he's just an average starter when he does play. Robert Griffin was the guy who really only had a one-year window. He came into the league, was phenomenal, relied a lot on his athleticism and scrambling ability, and he got hurt, and he's never been the same again. Obviously, that was a big fall, and I'm not saying Lamar Jackson's going to do anything like that. I could definitely see him come back next year and have a decent season, but... This could only is only MVP campaign. He might go slightly down, slightly down. I don't know. Maybe he I think he'll stay around. Like next year, I think we're gonna get around the same from Lamar Jackson. Probably a little worse. Uh, but this is they've really got a small window with Lamar Jackson here, so they've got to try to make the most of it. Uh, and it's gonna be interesting to see how they bounce back from this uh good but still disappointing season. And now we're gonna move on to the Texans and Chiefs. Okay. Obviously, the for me right at this present moment, I've already had the conference championship go by, so I gotta kind of flash back to the divisional round. What a comeback for the Chiefs! Also, sorry if I, kind of my words are a little off. Oh, my mouth just is really sore right now, uh, but none of you really care anyway. The Texans, I I just was like, nah, they can't eat the Chiefs. I mean, this is a really good opportunity for the Chiefs, right? Like. They went into this game saying, we've got now the Texans, and if we win, we've got the Titans. This is beautiful. I mean, yeah, the Titans are a hot team. Obviously, they're in the playoffs. They're here for a reason. But we didn't have to run into the Patriots or the Ravens. We have to capitalize. And at first, I was like, oh, dear Lord. This is upset. Upset City. Like, wow. They're losing, 20, you know, well, whatever, the f- 21 to nothing at one point. And I was just I was watching the game, obviously, and I was just sitting there like, wow, like this is this is happening. This is actually happening. And not all of it was like Mahomes' fault. Uh, he didn't even throw a pick in this game, actually. Ton of drop passes. You had the Mikle Hardman drop, the Travis Kelsey drop early in that game, all of them on third quarter, uh in on third down, crucial third down, trying to gain some momentum. The Texans had all the momentum, they made some good special team slays and their offense was rolling, and the Texans had a really good opportunity. But once the Chiefs got that little spark, I knew they were right back in the game. And I knew I couldn't uh, count them out, especially once I saw them score once. I was like, here we go. Then 28 points in the second quarter, they hold the Texans to three. And at that point now, it's a 28-24 game. But the Chiefs had all the momentum. Patrick Holmes went off in that second quarter in the – it was the tale of two quarters, that first half was. It's crazy. First quarter, the Texans dominated, and then the Chiefs came out and dominated the next quarter. It flipped the switch. And then the second half was definitely a little more balanced, but still, uh, you know, quarter-to-quarter-wise, like the third quarter was 13, uh, 13 points for Kansas City, seven for Houston, and then 10 for Kansas City, none for Houston. The Chiefs won the second half, and i didn't, they won the first, too. And they won by 20 in this game. And if it, you know, besides the first quarter, the Texans played poorly. After the first quarter, their offense could not get anything going. And their defense could not get back to the way it was playing in the first quarter. And I think the defense was definitely veiled out in the first quarter by good special teams play. uh, Some mistakes by the Chiefs. So, I'm not saying the Texans' defense really didn't play that well all game. I can't give them much credit for what happened in the first quarter. Because, again, the special, I, I hate to repeat myself, but the, as I said, there were drop passes by the Chiefs that when they were wide open and their receivers just dropped it. Nothing, no credit to the Texans defense there. The uh, Texans offense had the volatile, and they made some good special teams plays. So they had that cushion as well, and they had a lot of momentum riding on their, you know, that they had a lot of momentum that was created by miscues from the Chiefs, their offense and the special teams. So the Texans, to me, their defense sucked all game. Really, I can't give them any credit for shutting them out in that first quarter. And then the second quarter, they were terrible. And they got a little better, I guess, in the second half. It's still, twenty-three points in the second half. So after letting they got twenty-eight in the first. Fifty-one points in total. Uh, you know, and they kind of got lucky in that first half, uh, first quarter too. So, yeah, <laughs> Houston, I, they've just got to clean some things up, and they've. Uh, You just really got to be more consistent. Uh, I'd say on a game-to-game basis, but also on a quarter-to-quarter basis. I mean, you saw what happened. They dominated in the first half and got destroyed in the first quarter, and they got destroyed in the second quarter. So their Chiefs, really, they just need to be more consistent. Deshaun Watson needs to be more consistent. His protection needs to be better. Uh, I'd like to see them get healthy. Because, you know, guys like Will Fuller constantly veined up and whatnot. Uh, their pass rush ever, ever since they lost Davey and Clowney. You know, JJ Wall was great in the playoffs when he came back, but he was hurt. And when he was hurt, they had no pass rush. They had Whitney Merciless. That was really about it. And their secondaries, eh, they've got some things to clean up. That team's got some potential, but they're they're not good enough to really go on a run. They're good enough to make the playoffs and maybe win around. But that's it, and they've definitely got to clean up some of those things. with Deshaun Watson's developing, but I think it's more than Deshaun Watson. What you put around him is going to help him, his development, and how many te- games this team wins and what their potential is because I don't think Deshaun Watson's at the level right now where he can carry this team you know, on a good playoff run. He's just not there, and he's not consistent enough either, really. I love Deshaun Watson, but the inconsistency is kind of killer. Seahawks and Packers. This game was a good game. I picked the Packers. Oh, yeah. By the way, this week, I'll just say my picks uh, were... I think I I already said this, but I got every pick right except for the Titans-Ravens game. So, it was a good bounce back. Wild Card Weekend, I went 0-4. This week, I went 3-1. Thumbs up. I did a good job. And the Packers and Seahawks was probably... I mean, for me, I can't even say probably. It was the toughest game to pick. But I had that gut feeling about the Packers. And Russell Wilson... Never won a game at Lambeau. He's 0-3 in his career. It seems I I think that was the stat at least. He's he, something in uh, it was 0-something. I'm pretty sure it was 0-3. That's just a little added bonus stat. Uh the Packers had that week off. And I just think the Seahawks, to me, no, I, I just I have the Packers. And I said I said it too. I had that feeling about the Packers. Like, I want them. I can see them going to the NFC Championship but I didn't pick them because I didn't going up against the Saints. I said, the Saints are our Super Bowl pick. If they were not going up against the Saints, i picked them to go to the NFC Championship. And then, once the Saints lost, and I heard they were facing the Seahawks, I said, all right, now that's their ticket for the NFC Championship. It was a close game, don't get me wrong. First quarter was balanced. Second quarter, uh, the Packers really jumped out and took advantage, and they were up 21-3. to And the Packers came out in that second quarter, and really in that first half in general, Played really good offensively and really good defensively, and they got off to that really good start and definitely outplayed the Seahawks, and it killed the Seahawks in the end because the Seahawks outplayed the Packers in the second half, and it's it was it's like a tale of two quarters or halves in all these games, it, or at least these last two that I've talked about. Um, but Russell Wilson, 21 for 31, 277 yards and a touchdown. He also rushed for 64 yards. But overall, this team just did not play well enough in the first half. And although they did definitely pick it up in the second half, obviously. Uh, sorry, I'm just trying to refresh my memory. Because right now, I can think about the Conference Championship. the Divisional, I'm flashing back a little bit. So, I mean, just it's kind of sad that just to think about like how much longer does Russell Wilson have. And I think, you know, obviously we say, like, how much longer does Russell Wilson have? We should be talking about guys like Aaron Rodgers and Drew Reese and whatnot. Uh, But how much longer is Russell Wilson going to put up with this kind of we're there but not quite, if that makes any sense? He's 31 years old at this point. And uh, although he did get an extension over the offseason, there has been rumors that he could be interested in leaving. And I love Pete Carroll – I think he's done a great job with this team. When I look at the roster, it's not very amusing, in my opinion. I think there's a lot of holes on the roster. So for them to keep getting this far is pretty impressive, if you ask me. They were put in a tough division. I think they were one of the best divisions in football. Yeah, the 49ers played, like, one of the best teams in football. Uh, the Rams weren't too bad. I mean, they were around 500. And then the Cardinals were in last place, and they weren't certainly not very good. But for a last-place team, they were decent. They had the five wins and a tie. So... They weren't too. Five wins in a tie for last place is not terrible. So they were in a tough division and all, and I think you know if they're in an easier division, that could have led to a better record for sure. But you know maybe twelve plus wins. But they they need to just they're not quite there in my opinion. Like Russell Wilson and P. Carroll really carry this team, and a lot of guys just step up. And I think I under just underappreciate a lot of their players. Like, I'm not a huge Tyler Lockett guy. I'm not a huge, really, of any of their players. I love Bobby Wagner. I love Russell Wilson. I can't really say I love any of their other players, though. I love Pete Carroll, too, their coach. So I love a lot of their important, really important players. But I just, I just think they need to clean up, really, get Russell Wilson that extra weapon. Give him a little more protection. Get a little bit better. You, like they can upgrade a lot of these things, and they've got to keep Russell Wilson happy because I think at some point he's just gonna kind of sit here. Like this happens every year. It's like rerun. It's like he's on a rerun here. Where yeah, he won that. You know, he won a Super Bowl against Denver, and he made it to the Super Bowl again. But really, ever since then, it's kind of been like we're stuck. And I, I can't really blame him for it. I can't blame Pete Carroll either. I know a lot of people say, well, the coach, you know, they're not progressing, Believe it on the coach. But I think Pete Carroll's doing a heck of a job with this team. Like, really, I'm not too amused with their team. I don't think I give them enough credit. But at the same time, Seahawks, they're going to have some things to fit. I think they need to make a big move or two that's really going to really make an impact, you know. That player or two that can really make that impact and – even those smaller players that you may not expect it from, that can really help out as well. That's what I'm looking for from the Seahawks. Go out and get it this offseason because they can't take a step back. If anything, they've got to go after it and take a step forward. They, may be, if they Even if they have to roll the dice a little bit, there is something there. They're just a piece or two away, really. And that's, that's what I'm going to look for this offseason with the Seattle Seahawks. Now I move on to the conference championship a little more recent. Uh, Titans and Chiefs is the one I'm going to start with them going by, whichever one happened first on the weekend. Um, this was all Sunday. Not too long ago. Uh, Chiefs beating the Titans 35-24. to This was another one of those starts, like, oh my god. The Chiefs again are getting off to the slow start. 10-0 to start this game for Tennessee. And I just sitting there like, oh my gosh. Like, I don't know if this is just a mixture of the Chiefs just getting off to another slow. I think it was a mixture of, well, the Chiefs got off to a slow start last game. They can definitely come back. But at the same time, Tennessee is red hot right now. They just beat the Patriots, the Ravens. Imagine they beat the Chiefs. Like the, I, I, To me, I definitely underestimated the Titans. They went on a great run. But to see, I, a lot of people wanted Tennessee to go to the Super Bowl. And as great of an underdog story as it would have been, I'm all for underdog stories. I didn't want to see them in the Super Bowl because the Titans in the Super Bowl, Ryan Tannehill in the Super Bowl, no thanks. I'll take Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas City Chiefs. Thank you very much. I want to see that as a fan more than seeing the Tennessee Titans in the Super Bowl. So seeing the Chiefs win this game was decent. Not only that, also because I picked the Chiefs to win this game. So, I'm definitely coming back. In the other game, I will say too, I picked the 49ers. So, after my 0 4 wildcard weekend, I went 3 1 and 2 0. So, that gives me a total record of 5 5. I went 5 5 after an 0 4 start. So, 5 5 is definitely something I want to improve on. This Super Bowl pick has a lot riding on it, whether I go over or under 500. But just the fact that I started 0 4 and could possibly get one loss in the next. You got what I mean. Uh, but I'm definitely going to aim for. Uh, let's say next playoffs, I try to aim for uh, only four incorrect picks out of um, eight, eleven. So I'll go seven and four. That's you know the minimum what I'm going to aim for. This time I'm either going to go five and six or six and five. So I'll top six and five, and then I can improve from there. For next year, I just need to pick wild card weekend a lot better. It threw me in for a loop. It was a great wild card weekend though. I will give you that. Um, but in this game, really. Just another slow start for the Chiefs, but the Chiefs made up for it at the end of that first quarter. The first quarter score at the end. Ten Chiefs, uh Titans had 10, Chiefs had seven. Ten to seven's not that bad for a slow start. And really it was just because they got up to a slow, you know, beginning of the first quarter. And then the Chiefs picked it up from there, uh, and scored 14 in the second quarter and fourteen in the fourth to really seal off that game. I mean the Titans were in it. But once the Chiefs took a lead, once the, you know, the Chiefs started to get that little bit of momentum, they had the momentum on their side, had the lead, to me it was clear they were going to win. You know, the third quarter, going into that fourth quarter, I was like, yes, they are going to win, they're going to pull away with this great run by the Titans, sayonara, good try. And for me, a lot of people wanted the Titans. I Again, I wanted the Chiefs because I think they'd make for a more entertaining game. Not saying the Titans won because the Titans won this game. That means it would have been, uh, again, the Patriots, the Ravens, and the Chiefs. Clearly, they're a good team. And they got hot at the right time. And it would have been a great underdog story. But I think the Chiefs make for a better Super Bowl. I really do. And a lot of people wanted Chiefs-Packers in the Super Bowl. Uh, rematch of Super Bowl one. You know, it's the 100th year anniversary. Let's run it back the way it started on the 100th year. Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes, two of the most talented quarterbacks of all time facing off against each other. But for those of you hoping for that Super Bowl 1 rematch, unfortunately, you didn't get it because the 49ers came up and they showed up. And they showed up in a big way, in a commanding way, like dominating. It was like a week 12 rerun. And the Packers... If there's one team that haunted them this year, it's the San Francisco 49ers, because the 49ers not only beat them twice, but destroyed this team twice. The Packers' last two losses came in Week 12 against the 49ers in last week against the 49ers. This team was hot. They won in Week 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. And then they won the freebie sweep. They're on a six-game winning streak. Their last loss came eight weeks ago against the San Francisco 49ers. And... It came back to hot them because they lost again. They clearly didn't learn. And 20 of 37 does not seem like a terrible score. Like, all right, you lost by 17 points. It's not too great. But really, a lot of garbage points, in my opinion. Really. Uh, the 49ers, I really just don't know about Jimmy G. Eight passing attempts. Eight. The 49ers, I don't know whether this just shows sheer dominance or what it is and how good their running game is, but their quarterback passed the ball eight times for 77 yards. That's pathetic. Like, Jimmy G has done nothing. All he does when he gets the ball is sometimes a lot of these good games. But really, all he does is hand the ball off and either fumble, you know, something like that. Like, he, I really have not seen what Jimmy G can be. Like, I really haven't seen it. And in the playoffs so far, they played two games where Jimmy G's really been a non-factor. It's just when I'll run the ball, rely on the defense, so on and so forth. And Jimmy G's done nothing, in my opinion. Really hasn't. Like, I'm not impressed. If they win the Super Bowl, uh, I can almost guarantee he won't be Super Bowl MVP. And I can almost guarantee I still won't be sold on the whole Jimmy G thing. Even if the 49ers, the quarterback of the team that just won the Super Bowl, you know, went 16-3 on the year. Their quarterback... I'm still not told on him, and I know that happens sometimes, you know, like uh, when the Broncos won Peyton Manning, that was because they're stellar defense, it doesn't always mean the quarterback, but Jimmy G, like, this is a guy with a lot of potential, and injuries have certainly hurt him, and they certainly kind of haunted him, you see him in the pocket sometimes, you know, a little uh, scared, a little timid, he was at the beginning of the season, the preseason, and he's definitely kind of come back into his own a little bit, but the 49ers their running game is just dominant and their d-line is just dominant and Raheem Mostert just had the game of his life he always has some of these big games like 29 carries for 220 rushing yards and four touchdowns that's 7.6 yards a carry on 29 carries like it's great that he got 7.6 yards a carry on you know three rushes That's kind of whatever, but this man's had 29 carries in the NFC Championship and averaged 7.6 yards a carry and had four TDs. Like, that's insane. Not to mention he had also uh, uh, two catches for six uh, uh, receiving yards. This man's is insane. And they also, you know, gave some handoffs to guys like Kevin Coleman got in there a little bit. Matt Freida had a carry. All they need to do is give the ball to Mostert. He carried the offense. Jimmy G. didn't have to do anything. The rest of the running backs really didn't do much. And the receivers, Devo Samuel had two catches and two rushes. Uh, Mozart had two catches. Vaughn had one catch. Kittle had one catch. That was it. Sanders didn't even have a catch. Because I don't pass the ball. I feel bad for these receivers. I do, kind of. You've got George Kittle, Emmanuel Sanders, Devo Samuel. Even Kendrick Vaughn's kind of coming to his own. A lot of good receiving backs. And Jimmy Juzu is still a decent quarterback, and a great what could be a great play action game because you run the ball a ton. You have such a good running game, but they don't utilize it. And their identity is to run the ball. They ran the ball more than any other team in the uh, the regular season. The stats say so. They're the they ran the ball more than any other team in the league. Don't go away from that. It's certainly working. But I want to see. There's some opportunity for play action there. You've got the receivers, and you've got the run game such a heavy running attack and such good running backs to the point where you don't pass, you've, you haven't been passing it. That fly action could be deadly and they could run it a few times and not saying they don't, but they could utilize the fly action a little more and it could lead to a few big plays and they're going to need some big plays because the chiefs are going to get some big plays, exchange those big plays. The 49ers are not as explosive as the chiefs. They're more, I'll wear you down. And at the same time, as much as I don't want them to go away from their identity, I do think they need an explosive player too, kind of like the Chiefs, to kind of balance that category out. And play action could be the way to do it. Don't go away from the run game, but I would like to see a little bit of play action this week, maybe for a big player too. So that that could be key. But for the Packers, I mean, just terrible. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I, I do kind of feel bad for the guy because you really didn't have much going for him. His defense couldn't help. I mean, just, it was a tough test for him, but he had two picks and three fumbles. Like, as much as he, you know, 31 for 39 for 326 passing yards and two TDs is awesome. He had two picks and three fumbles, too. So, then it's kind of balanced out bad performance, in my opinion. You turn the ball over five times, you don't have a chance, really. Virtually, you don't. And Aaron Jones got the running game going. He did only have 12 carries, not a ton. But he had 56 yards and a TD. That's 4.7 yards of carry. We were talking about how Aaron Jones is the X factor, how he can kind of wear down that D line a little bit, give Aaron Rodgers some time in the pocket because they've got to respect the run games. Well, Aaron Jones was going to be the key. He had a decent game, okay? But they didn't run it to him enough. And I know the running game, like, you came into it, like, timid to run the ball. Like, we're just going to have to rely on Aaron Rodgers, it almost felt like. But. I think you had to give Aaron Ro- uh, Aaron Jones a couple more carries at least. Uh, you know, I think even if he gets 15 or 16 carries, I don't think he keeps that 4.7 yards per carry. I think a few more carries, his numbers do drop a little bit. But he had a decent amount of momentum going in this game. Like, he was having a decent game. Hand the ball off to him a little bit more. Open up that passing game just a little bit more. Take a little pressure off Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying you can't handle it, but, like, you had something going with Aaron Jones. I think it could have helped Aaron Rodgers out as well. And you're really just relying on him a little too much. And it costs you. Uh, Matt LaFleur had a great year. The Packers, you got something there. Uh, But I I don't know what to say. Besides, the 49ers dominated you not once, but twice this season. And now we're going to head into a Super Bowl that is going to contain the Chiefs and the 49ers. Now, I did say today I think I'm leaning toward the 49ers at the moment. But that is definitely not my pick. For now, uh, we still got a little bit till the Super Bowl. Uh, it's February 2nd. That was actually... yeah. No, I take that back. Never mind. So that's in about a week and a half. So I'm not making my final prediction anytime soon. I will definitely have a Super Bowl prediction, uh, preview and whatnot. Uh, we might get into the Pro Bowl a little bit. I doubt it. No, I mean, I don't doubt it. Potentially, we could. Uh, but the Pro Bowl is this week. Uh, I'll keep my eyes open for that. That's just in a couple days, actually. So... I'm definitely excited for that, but uh, my head is definitely uh, with the Super Bowl. And, I'm again, I'm sorry for not having a um, podcast. 20 days, it's been, since my last upload. Uh, I just really needed a break, and it came at a bad time. Like, my uncle was begging for a podcast. He's like, I want to hear what you got to say about Tom Brady, because I haven't done this, you know, last podcast I made was before the playoffs even started. So I did a break at the wrong time. You had the whole MLB thing. You've had some news in the NBA. You know, one of the busiest months in the NFL season. Arguably the biggest. So, of course, I, I'm sorry. I took a horrible time to take off. And I really didn't intend to do it. I kind of been slowing down a little bit because sports get been getting busy again. I had a lot going on in school this month. Um, and not to make excuses or anything. I did kind of need a little bit of a break. But I did not intend to make it this long. I kind of... Kept pushing it off because I didn't really know what to do because I had to stop in the middle of making a podcast. So I was kind of like stuck. Like, what do I do? And I kept kind of pushing it off. And I'm glad I pumped this out. I want to get back in this consistent routine. And I don't know. Yeah, you know, I'll never probably end up doing, you know, a podcast a day, at, you know, every single day. But hopefully I can pump out two to three podcasts again. Let's get back on track. So I do apologize for that. But then again, thank you guys for listening. Go follow my Instagram at after the Buzzer sports talk. All lowercase, no spaces for uh, podcast updates and sports content. And also go call in on the Anchor Mobile app. You can call in with any questions you have. Uh, you know, Anything you want to talk about, you want to debate me, I'm open to anything. I uh, can't wait to get back on track. I, there's a lot of stuff that I want to talk about But today. I just wanted to cover the NFL. I also missed the college football playoffs. I nailed my prediction. I was perfect throughout. I said LSU was going to win. Uh, But yeah, then again, thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you guys next time.